Hey people, welcome to Coffee Catch-Ups with me, Amelia Beaumont. And me, Tanya Wiley. Coffee Catch-Ups is about Christian life in your 20s. Um, we are not Bible teachers, we're not theologians, we're not scholars. Um, we're just two people who love Jesus and want to live our lives for him as best we can. Um, how are you, Tanya? How are you doing? I'm good. Oh, well, I have a bit of a cold. But I'm, oh, no. if I sneeze or like sniffle, I apologise, everyone. Um, but it's, it's fine, it's not quite a bit worried I've, I've got to perform tomorrow so i'm like oh please healing god come on <laughs> oh mate just just chug the orange juice that's all you need to do how are you amelia um i'm really good thanks uh yeah work is busy but good um you know bit bit tired but you know can't complain can't complain it's going well going well right right yeah yeah so this week we are talking about people pleasing Tanya, what does people pleasing mean to you? It means difficult. It's difficult. Ah. (laughs) Um, I mean, this area is like, it's something I really struggle with if I'm, uh, if I'm being honest. Um, Because I, I I just find myself falling into the people pleasing potholes. Um, And it's something that I'm on it still on a very much a journey with God about navigating that I think that will be a lot of my life is just navigating actually well why am I doing this am I doing something to please people or am I doing it to please God which it kind of is the the main thing about people pleasing is actually um is is the want to please other people getting above you want to please God and I find that mm. often I I fall into the category of, of doing of doing that, which isn't good. Mm, sure, sure. It's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you, I think so often our, our focus can be what is going on around us. Um, I know yeah. I struggle with this massively. My focus is so earthly sometimes. Um, and so the, you know, one of the most important things is, is everybody else around me happy and and how is that going to affect me and my life um which is a huge one actually you know when you you think about it it really is Hmm. it really is um I mean you know for example um we we were chatting a little bit earlier about um about Twitter yes and just the way that arguments can break out but also you know you've got people arguing for one thing very strongly and people arguing against the other thing very strongly and then the people who are kind of who have sort of middle ground opinions not wanting to share those opinions for want of getting attacked by either side oh um, yeah big element of that social yeah. media Oof. like twitter especially because it's you've only got a certain amount of characters in which to express your deep thought and view on life um <laughs> it's it's awful for people just attacking one another because um they've got this kind of um can hide behind the fact that they're online um and also it's just a platform to express your opinion but there's almost an element of there are some opinions that the world the popularist opinion at the time in culture just doesn't tolerate so that opinion is not almost allowed um and I I definitely feel like uh, there are dangers sometimes with not wanting to offend people that we fall into not allowing people to express their opinion yeah I mean one of the major things that comes to mind is uh is kind of cancel culture 
Mm. Um, that whole area, which I, I, it's so vile. I hate no. it so much. Um, and I have some, you know, some good friends who who support this idea um, of, you know, cancelling somebody if their opinion is is not um, the opinion of of the masses or or whatever. Um, and I mean, you know, obviously, hate speech is something that we do not like. But at the same time, the the idea of physically, not physically, of, of kind of removing somebody from that space just because you don't like what they're saying, um, I think is really, aside from being so problematic in itself, mm. in terms of people pleasing and, and what we're talking about, um, can actually instill so much fear in, yeah. into us. Um, you know, if you know uh the bible has so many um so many things that it says that are so countercultural um to what is to what is believed now um particularly amongst young people Mm. and actually one of the the, the fear of being able to express that is is quite big sometimes have you experienced that tanya um yeah i mean for sure there's elements of like stuff within the bible that are really counter-cultural like um uh, sex before marriage is a huge one like um yeah. like it's so um because obviously when the context of the when the bible was written um sex before marriage was wasn't really done it was that the norm the cultural norm was to wait until marriage particularly for women <laughs> um i won't go on about that <laughs> the feminist <laughs> like trying to claw away out um but that, that it's if you abstain from from sex, it is very countercultural for us now. But it's it's also really important within that we do live in the world and the culture in which we are, we are we're living in, and we are affected by that, and, and we're part of that. Um, and and there's so many great great bits of of life and culture, and it's great. But God is timeless. Like what's offending somebody now won't offend somebody in the future and what's like culturally acceptable now may not be or may you know it may it may all change in in time and it's so um easy I think like you said earlier to just to just do your little piece of the world and just get sucked into that mind space and um part of the Christian walk is is allowing God to lift our gaze up to him so that that we start to see it a little bit more how he sees it and and people's opinions and cultural norms will just dramatically change um it's a really good lens to try and take into um people pleasing issues and problems um Mm. getting offended that's so true i think getting god's perspective on things Mm -hmm. um is is such a key one um because you know just in in general like i was saying it's it's very it's very easy to have a, a sort of very earthly um point of view you focus on what's around you whereas actually when we when we bring god into that that situation um the the perspective can can really really change mm, yeah i 100 percent agree with that and it's 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 doing that isn't it it's um it's it's a great answer and I think it's a classic Sunday school answer of yeah just Jesus God yeah whoa but actually you know um what does that look like practically and and to do that uh all the time in particular situations and actually looking at 20s stuff 
um, I think there is an element of, particularly in work, I think, um, in the working life, because you're at the beginning of your career in general, um, working your way up, um, if, if that's kind of your quite career driven, especially, um, there's a danger of allowing people pleasing um, over God pleasing and all of the kind of dangers that come with that into your working life. Is that something that you've experienced, mm. Amelia? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think work is work is a really big one. So um, my my job, I think I said maybe in a previous episode, is programming tills. Um, it's it's not a career job for me, but I do actually weirdly kind of enjoy it. Um, but yeah, so for example, sometimes we have quite busy periods. So we'll have a load of new customers at once who all want their tills building um, and all of their menus on there, which is quite can take quite a long time. Um, with the system that we have, it can actually take about two days sometimes to, to get everything in place. Um, and so during those really busy periods, it is so easy to say yes to overtime, even if I'm exhausted. Um, is is a really difficult one. And don't get me wrong, I, I want to be able to help the business to, to run. Um, you know, I, I work for a small business that's still, it's, it's off the ground, but at the same time, there's still a lot to be done to make sure things that kind of kind of keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to keep that momentum up a lot of the time. My bosses both work flat out. Um, I don't remember hearing about the last time one of them had a proper day off. Um, so it's really easy to kind of go, oh, they're going to be exhausted. Um, if I don't help out, I'm making their lives more difficult. I'm making the customers wait longer for, for their tills so that they can run their businesses. Um, whereas actually an extra hour and a half or however long at work could be helpful, but in the long run, what it's going to do is make me exhausted. Mm. Um, so I find getting, getting that balance, especially on weeks where it is super busy, um, getting that balance is a really difficult one. Um, because you don't, you don't want to make people's lives more difficult. You don't want to disappoint people. Like you say, um, it's when you're at the start of your career, especially, um, again, this isn't a career job for me, but when you're, you know, you're trying to do your job well. Yeah. Um, and I think especially when you are in your, in your twenties, you're still in those early stages of, of work. Um, it's, it's a, it's a difficult one because, you know, sometimes you, you do have the kind of, maybe you have the physical capacity to do something, um, but actually yeah. are we devaluing the mental capacity? Mm, really good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. what's, what's your experience of, of that? In, in and I think that I resonate with that big time in acting, like um, that's huge. Saying yes to things that, people say yes to things that aren't paid, they work for free to try and get somewhere. And, and people exploit that and take advantage of that and, and hire actors for free rather than paying them the fee. Or and, and a lot of that comes from just wanting an opportunity to prove yourself and hopefully get more. Also, a lot of it might come from conflict of avoidance. Um, people pleasing and conflict avoidance are, I sometimes I think, intrinsically linked um, is I don't. I'm afraid of this conflict, um, especially in a work, because you're in work basis. Um, you're like, oh, if I have conflict at work, I might lose my job or not be promoted or um, 
you know, people, for, for my work, is it when I'm negotiating fees sometimes, because that's a part of my job, I'm always very, almost slightly, it's a real battle to, to put the right price on how much mm. I charge as my fee. I'm self-employed. I can decide. And it's so tempting to just be like, I don't want to, I don't want to like, I really want the work. And I also don't want to like offend you or like cause any conflict so I'm going to underprice myself and actually it's been a real battle and journey with God to actually remember your worth and actually it, it gets me questioning a couple of things about people pleasing is why why are you doing it like for myself I do and I'm honestly hour with me here today because it's quite often so people can can like me when I actually think about why I'm doing something even even professionally socially whatever it's so people have a better opinion of me which is so not biblical um but I fall into it so many times oh if I agree with this person's opinion they'll think better of me um I, I'm sure we've all been in a situation where somebody's saying something or quite a few people are agreeing I don't know I, I don't know if you get this as a woman um I do find there are certain groups of women who are particularly good at talking about people behind their back um, I don't know if you resonate with that, Amelia. <laughs> I can see you nodding. Yeah. <laughs> um, big time. Big time. It happens. And I'm sure it happens with everyone, but I do think it is a little bit of a female problem sometimes. Um, and often would and have done in the past, found myself just kind of not necessarily adding to that discussion, but not necessarily saying, um, guys, I think you're being really unfair here or defending the person. Um, just so people can like me a bit more and for work I do the, a similar thing um, I'd be like oh, I'll say yes to this and be really available and make sure I stay the extra hours so that one I hopefully get more work but two so that they'll like me more um, and when you actually stop and reflect on that as a Christian you're like what I'm doing here is I'm idolizing people over God definitely definitely I think that's that's such a key point as well like are we yeah the the idolizing thing are we idolizing affirmation from other people through doing what they want um because because that way we'll succeed in life um you know or supposedly we'll succeed in life if we if we do that um or are we looking to god and focusing on him and you know looking to him to to take us through our days um because actually, do you know what? I think it was you that said this to me the other day. Um, the life's goal as a Christian is not success. Mm. It's 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 emulating God and living life for God. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the the real key here with people pleasing is changing the perspective, like from from looking around you to the people around you. So actually focusing on God and, and what he is is telling you to do in whatever situation yeah. that is, um, is, is so important. Actually, when your focus is God, um, everything else around you becomes so, mm. um, so much less important, so much less kind of anxiety causing in some cases, because um, yeah. it can be a real source of anxiety for some people. Um, is what do other people think of me? I know I struggled with that hugely when I was a teenager. I know many people did. Um, you know, um, for example, I, I was I was bullied quite a lot in school um, up to about sort of year nine, um, sort of age, age 13, 14. 
Um, and, you know, looking back on it now, um, again, after we, we were chatting about this last night, um, actually, my my focus so much of the time, not that this was the reason I was getting bullied, um, you know, that's a whole different, whole different thing. Um, but actually, my, my focus at the time, and I think a lot of the reason that I really, really struggled with it was because I was so kind of blinkered almost to, to what was going on around me. Um, and when I when I shifted that focus from other people and their their opinions of me onto God and what he thought of me, mm. um, that's when my my attitude really changed. And actually that that was the point where I sort of happened to join a different friendship group. Um, the the girl who was my my main sort of secondary school bully left the school um went to a different different school um and you know again not that my focus on the people around me was the reason for me getting bullied but it was when I shifted my focus onto God that things really really changed yeah um, that's not going to happen in every situation necessarily I'm, I don't know whether that was a direct sort of correlation um in terms of her leaving and me sort of changing groups at that point um, you're so, but it, you know in terms of coping with it it's it's really really important I think yeah absolutely I, I love that Amelia because actually like it's interesting that I I wouldn't necessarily uh, it might be a coincidence it might not but equally there is a huge power when you bow the knee like when when you go actually god I bow the knee here I accept you what you say over what other people say that then god moves like that's not I mean it's not the rule that suddenly your, your bullies are going to run away when that happens, but it is, it is like you're, you're probably more secure. Your identity was because it's in Christ. And that's, that's amazing. Um, I love that. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. But as, as you were speaking, I was like, Oh my goodness, I wonder how much of people pleasing is survival technique as well. Because like you're talking about like, um, like being, being bullied. And I think as teenagers, um, school is like insecurity running rife among teenagers trying to fit in what's cool what hairstyles can I have that make me look cool um I even remember like buying a specific handbag because it was the cool thing that other people did um and that kind of trying to fit in kind of thing and I definitely think because I wasn't the coolest at school still not the coolest adult but you know I'm, I'm more okay with it now <laughs> um, I think you're the coolest Tanya <laughs> Stop it. That was very posh why I just said that. Stop it, darling. Oh, darling. Oh, darling. Um, but yeah, my point <laughs> um, was that actually you can learn um, to people please as a survival technique, as a how do I self-preserve here? Um, and, and, and that can really infringe on integrity. And I find that for myself sometimes talking with people, particularly if, if um, any conversation might come up about religion, Jesus, anything, and, and people will have their opinion. And, uh, and, and sometimes because I maybe don't want to bother get into it, or I don't feel, quite often I don't feel theologically equipped to have a big argument about that or a big discussion about something, I'll just sort of go, okay, that's interesting, interesting point of view. Um, and I won't necessarily say I agree, but I won't necessarily combat it with actually, do you know what? I don't agree with your uh, opinion about life that you're expressing. 
um, I, I, and, and I don't stand in the word as, as integrally because it's a self-preservation thing. Like I don't want someone to dislike me. Um, that's fear, self-preservation, wanting people to like me, approval, um, all not what God has intended for us. Um, all things to work on. Um, and how do you stand in your integrity in Christ? Well, you hang out with Christ more. I think that's probably the one of the answers um, to that, which is just answering my own own question there. But um, <laughs> I do think that's a key one. Like you say, you shift your focus on God. You spend more time with Jesus, um, and and more of that integrity becomes part of part of your life. Really true. Um, but do you know what I, I wonder? Um, I know we kind of chatted a little bit about this earlier mm. um, before before we started recording. Um, you know, obviously there are some situations in which it is really important to 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 put yourself out there and sort and sort of act in a way that might look like people pleasing in certain mm. situations. Um, like, what what would you say is the difference between like genuine godly kindness? Mm. Um, and people pleasing um oh that's really interesting I love that you use the word kindness um uh because I think there's a difference here um people pleasing is being nice and kindness is being well it's being kind it's the heart of God um so I think clarifying that there's actually a difference there it's nice and kindness kindness is is your heart for the person as a child of God, you loving somebody because they're a child of God, rather than you're, you're seeking that person's approval or the love from that person because we crave God's approval first. I mean, that's not a very succinct way of saying that, but the order is wrong if you're having a difficulty with that. The love of the Lord your God is the first commandment, like that's the biggest one. And then second, number two, love your neighbor as yourself because it's it's absolutely biblical to to love and to serve others we're called to serve the bible is dripping in things like that but also it reminds me when it comes to when it comes to people pleasing and how much we serve and are there for others um because there is a day there's a danger of falling into people pleasing but i love this verse from proverbs i think i mentioned it a little bit earlier to you and me there before we were recording but it's um from Proverbs 3, verse 27, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. Um, so at first glance, that verse very much seems like, oh, well, do good to everyone. And obviously in the Bible, there's a lot of love for your neighbor, do good to other people. But actually the second bit of that is what I'm what I remind myself of when I'm falling into my people pleasing ways and habits is do not withhold good from those to whom it's due when it is in your power to act. Um, I love that because mm. I feel like that's telling you that it's not always in your power to act. So that means it's not always a yes. Sometimes you have to say no. Um, and I'm not particularly good at at saying that I'm sort of training myself to stand in my nose a bit better what about you Amelia yeah I I feel I feel the same um saying no is a is a difficult one especially especially when you know that the person asking you to do something 
does not have a bad motivation for asking. Um, you know, when when you know that saying yes will genuinely help them. Um, but actually, you know, if if you don't have the capacity, mm. if you really if you're like like the verse says, you know, if you're in your if it's in your power to to do so, help them. But like like you say, there is a flip side to that. If it's not in your power to do so, don't. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, and I it, it's such a difficult one because mm. you know, like like I say, there's there's different motivations involved, um, and your your heart in it is not, you know, some sometimes yes, it is a real sort of fear of what people will think of you, but also you know there's a partial fear of really really letting them down by yeah. saying no, um, yeah, which is a really difficult one. For friendships, I find that's a big one. Well, I mean, work as well, if you say no to people that you're letting them down. But I particularly find that because I have a real heart for, for my friends and I absolutely love you guys. You're great. Um, yeah, you love a little love there, Amelia. But, um, but I, I am so, so like would, would do anything and, and sort of drop anything and run to, to someone's aid. Although it's a fantastic quality, to be empathetic and to, to like want to help people, amazing. And if this is a problem, if you struggle with people pleasing like myself, uh, I do think that is linked to one of your greatest gifts that God has given you, is that God has given you the ability to be emotionally intelligent, to love other people and to, and to want to help. It's amazing, you wanna serve, you wanna love, that's a brilliant gift. And, but it, it, it can come with its, its, weaknesses and I think like gifts and weaknesses are intrinsically connected looping it back right round to when you were asking me about kindness because sometimes mm. saying no to your friend that is in need might be the kindest thing to do um mm. uh you know if, if there's this uh you know habits can have can form um people might need the no a no is a boundary um and no, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> and, and also you don't, sometimes you can't be that the person that they need. Like yeah. sometimes that has to be God or maybe actually somebody better equipped for this. Maybe the pastor of your church or something's actually a better person to go to than, than a, a best mate or whatever. Um, and, and actually like just sort of in a retraining how I see no as a positive thing because saying no to something whether you're saying no to to work or whether or to whatever it is or um whether it's somebody saying no to you a no means that like a, a closed door means there's an opportunity for another door to open to be walked through um and so that's sometimes a really good way to look at things when you're kind of reaching capacity someone's asking you to do an extra thing um maybe yeah i'm gonna know about it is a no an opportunity for a yes elsewhere yeah, that's a really great point, actually. Um, I think, you know, considering actually there are other people who are also capable of doing things. Um, we all have capacity. Not everybody has the same capacity to do things. Um, but actually, you know, you saying no to something does not mean that it will not get done. It does not mean that God is limited because you've said no. Um, and also, like you say, um, saying no to something might provide you with an opportunity to do something better yeah. as well um, it's yeah that's actually a really really important point to consider and and how you how do you navigate when is right to say yes and no 
Amelia, in your life? How do you navigate that? Um, well, I have two answers for you. <laughs> One is what I do and the other is what I should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I generally do is I, when someone asks me something to do something extra, say, you know, uh, can you hop on worship at church because someone's dropped out? Not that this has actually happened to me. This is just a hypothetical situation. Yeah, okay, we're with you. Whatever. So if, for example, someone were to ask me, can you come on to worship at church um, uh, to sing backing vocals? Um, someone's just dropped out. Um, we really need you. And that's a, that's a sort of two, two hours pre the service um, and then the service itself um, when initial plan had not been to do that. Um, so what I usually would do is I would go, am I free already at that time? Do I have any other plans that I've committed to? Um, and how, how am I feeling? Am I all right? Um, maybe in that specific situation, do I know the songs? Um, yes, yes, yes. Fine. Sure. I'll do it. Um, cause you know, I'd be at the service anyway. Why not? It's only a couple of extra hours. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas and you know sometimes that's fine if they're really in a pickle or, or whatever um then great sure I can do that not an issue but actually I think really what I should be doing and what we generally as Christians should be doing is bringing God into that because I'm so bad at that yeah I'm so bad at just being like okay someone's asked me to do something hey god what should i do here yeah, um sure. i'm so bad at doing that because i i'm so again just that especially when it's like a smaller thing do you get that mm. when it's smaller or it's a practical thing um whereas i'm i'm far more likely to go to god about the big big decisions but the small ones that was so dramatic i can only okay, <laughs> <Christmas>. um <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> She's available for uh, for gigs and shows. And, uh, yeah, not for the next two weeks, fully booked, but after then, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she can check her calendar beforehand. Um, <laughs> sorry, carry on. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, um, oh, I just wanted to jump on what you were saying. I was like, yes, 100%. The Holy Spirit, man, that's that's the, the, the key here. Like we have a guide living with us. Like the Holy Spirit is, is a fantastic person to actually like tune into before you decide something. I don't know about you, Amelia, but I'm forever making quite quick decisions when somebody says, especially if someone says it to your face, because you just really want to make sure that they're not disappointed. And then I'm like, yeah, yes, okay, I'll be there, no problem. Um, but actually there is a real power in going, thank you so much for for the offer I'm gonna think about it and I'll get back to you which is something I don't say enough it's just a really simple thing because it allows you the space to let the Holy Spirit move in that decision even if it's a small thing um yeah and and mm. also the multitude of counselors like we have friends particularly your Christian friends your church network your friends and family it's uh, are really good people to hold hold you accountable to saying no when you need to or to to going oh, i've got a, i've got a, a decision about whether i do this for somebody or not um i want to say yes but i just need to check in with the holy spirit with the scriptures the bible 
and and also with with this multitude of counselors that I have within the church um as to whether I'm doing this for the right reasons because there are definitely some moments where you're like I am really struggling to work out if I'm doing this to please man or to please God yeah yeah that's that's so so true um I do you know what? I really love the point you made about um like you, the phrase you used was a multitude of counselors I love that oh. it's, it's so true though like just the the fact that we have this family around us this community around us as church um that you know we can go to for help but also above all of them as fantastic as they are the holy spirit mm-hmm. is who we need to be who we need to be using and i i think um the some of the, the greek in the new testament actually uses the word helper to describe mm-hmm. the holy spirit the helper will come um and and he will be with you i think jesus says it a lot actually in the gospels um the helper will come um which which i really really love like he is there to help us like he's not there just as like a you know sort of makeshift conscience um like obviously that is that's part of part of the role of the holy spirit is to is to guide you through the kind of moral decisions um but actually you know he is available for help Mm. um and i I think that's something i definitely don't um utilize for want of a better word um enough yeah Um, and actually kind of looking to the holy spirit and going lord i need help i i don't in the small things as well as the big things yeah big Um, time someone's asked me to do this I really want to to help them out um but I'm exhausted or I don't have the mental capacity to deal with this right now or whatever you know um it's such an important point actually to to really kind of look to the Holy Spirit because Uh, as Christians we have the Holy Spirit with us at all times we have consistent access to God um he's he's there all the time he's not just there when a big thing comes up like you know if you if you go through a bad breakup if you lose your job whatever happens um it's it's not just those occasions yeah um, this is the consistent helpline that we have Man, um, good preach so it. like <laughs> I'm really, yeah, I'm literally like here, like, amen, amen. I just think it's so, so good what you're just saying. If you allow Holy Spirit into the small things, then then burnout isn't going to happen because, like, that's not how the Holy Spirit works. He doesn't want you to burn out. But, like, yeah. there's also something in honoring no's, um, like, honor your own no's and your boundaries. Because God loves boundaries. The Bible is full of laws and rules and stuff, not to party poop, but to, to protect and to, to love us and allow us to flourish. We have boundaries that are good things. Those are good. And then the other thing that I think that just a little tag on to this um, would be as Christians to honor other people's nose because how annoying is it when you really need somebody to do something and they don't and you're like but this would really help me out if you would do this and could you just say yes please 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 just say yes and like I am occasionally like trying to layer on a little bit of the guilt not necessarily intentionally but I do I think we're all guilty of that sometimes being like you're so good I really really need your help um and then if somebody voices I I I know I I can't do and and gives you a boundary let's honor it let's be honoring to to sort of sum up as well what we've been saying your identity is not in what other people think about you 
Um, that That is not where our foundation should lie. Um, it's not a biblical place for our foundations to lie. Um, our foundations and our identity should lie in Jesus. Um, and, you know, that's that's not an easy thing to to kind of switch. You can't necessarily switch your perspective on that from from one day to the next. Um, God can do that, but, but it's not always that easy. So it is a real case of pressing into God mm. and allowing him to show you um, uh, what, who you are in his eyes um, and what he thinks of you, which is the best. He, he loves you so much. Um, and so really, would really encourage you to just focus on that. Don't focus on what's going on around you because what's going on around you, the world is chaos. The world is absolute chaos. We can't possibly find stability in the world. Yeah. Um, and and least of all in, in this sort of shifting opinions of other people, because it always will be changing. Um, uh, and also um, to, to really kind of encourage you, the Holy Spirit is there to help you navigate that. Um, he's not absent. Um, he, he really is there to help you kind of make your way through this chaotic world, but with a focus on him um that that is the really important part um and also in terms of capacity like you cannot be superman or superwoman like you know we we all have our limits um it's so important to recognize those limits and you know prayerfully come to a decision of yes or no um because in the end god knows your capacity more than you do um and remember it is okay to say no Let's... Yes, indeed. Yes, it Amen is. That. Shall we go to the recommendation section? Let's go to the recommendation <laughs> section. For a second, I thought you were going to go, no, because it's okay to say no. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tanya, what are we recommending this week? Oh, good question. Um, we are recommending places in the UK to visit. What a fantastic thing to be recommending. Um, yeah, what a great idea. because we're both from the Southwest originally. Um, we thought we'd, we'd have a couple of Southwest ones in there, but then do go elsewhere because we we're aware that there is more to life than Devon and Cornwall. Indeed, indeed. We are, you know, we have our own little bubble most of the time, but um, there are actually apparently places outside the Southwest. Um, so where, within the Southwest, where would you recommend? Um, I am in love with Dartmoor, um, mm. because it's my home and I absolutely like, I just, I just adore it. And I think the, it's just got that kind of wild beauty. That's just absolutely amazing. Um, I particularly do recommend having a prayer session on the top of Sheep's Tour, uh, Baratour Reservoir, um, which is a good, good idea, um. I love that prayer session on the sheep store mate I would recommend Exmouth Beach I just love it it's so great so Exmouth if you don't know is a is a small town um outside of Exeter um further along the river X there we go um and oh my goodness so like Exmouth is it's it's all right there's not much there um but the beach is phenomenal um it's I think it's about a mile and a half long um really nice like nice sandy beach um I've I've also cried on Exmouth Beach um like big time cried 
um I think it was like the middle of March and it was freezing but I just needed to like go and vent to God somewhere that was not my bedroom again um <laughs> and <laughs> took myself to Exeter Beach and just went oh god help me um but do you know, it's so nice like we had so many Christian Union like beach barbecues there um just oh my goodness it's a gorgeous gorgeous place it's good um 100 recommend but because we do not entirely live in the southwest bubble well i don't live in the southwest (laughs) well you don't don't. um which is why i said we don't entirely live in the southwest bubble um outside of the southwest tanya where would you recommend to the people i'm a proper country bumpkin i love outdoor activities so I think one of the most beautiful places in the UK is the, generally the west coast of Scotland. Um, I particularly enjoyed the Isle of Skye, which is so stunningly beautiful and so like unspoilt. Like, I love um, places like the Lake District as well, but it's very, it's a bit more touristy, whereas it's just this wilderness of Scotland that I love. Um, so the Isle of Skye is just stunning if you are, if you love the sea, mountain walking and, and wildlife. It's just, yeah. Mm, beautiful mm, oh I love that so much I actually um I have a lot of Scottish heritage and my my clan is clan MacLeod and they're from the Isle of Skye um and I'm so desperate to go there where would you recommend outside of the southwest outside of the southwest I oh, I'm in love with North Yorkshire I really am um it's again like you say if you like outdoorsy country um just just beautiful um you've got the Yorkshire Dales um so many beautiful walks um but also York is like my favorite city in the UK it's so beautiful I mean again I'm a history nerd York was a Roman settlement I literally wrote an essay on the Roman (laughs) settlement at York um which I found fascinating maybe other people might not no Um, (laughs) we don't want to hear that today Amelia (laughs) I wasn't going to share that I I just I just put it out there okay i wrote an essay on roman york whatever anyway romans vikings medieval amazing it's such a great place but also just generally a beautiful city um it's yeah it feels kind of very quaint like you've got the shambles um little little streets to walk down really nice shops um oh it's it's gorgeous i love it so much it's beautiful great beautiful city (laughs) that's our recommendations and thank you so much for joining us guys and hopefully we'll catch you soon bye bye bye